On Sundays all across the world, Christians partake in a supper that doesn't really fill the stomach. However, as we gather around, it is supposed to be a reminder of the cost of our souls, the worth it has, and our call to walk with Jesus each day. Why is the Lord's Supper important? We're going to talk about that today. Welcome to the Pilgrim Song. Welcome to episode 28 of The Pilgrim Song. I'm Alexander. And I'm Charlie. And we're your favorite interracial friends here to talk to you about Jesus. We are so glad to be back with you all yet another week. We hope you enjoyed our podcast from last week on forgiveness. That was one of the uh, one of the better ones that we've done, I think. Yeah, I think it was, for sure. Um, very impactful. And it was something I thought about a lot last week and being very, <laughs> it convicted me a lot because I had to think about, man... Am I being unforgiving or mm. holding a grudge? I don't know. Yeah. It made me think about it, even though I was alone. But that's also something you learn yeah. with teaching, is that you learn more than the students all the time. So, But we hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. It's a good one. Yeah. And when we think about forgiveness, right, we think about the ultimate sacrifice that was paid for us on the cross. Mm. And with that, with, you know, with Jesus giving his life, one of the ways that we remember that today is with the institution of the Lord's Supper. Charlie um, is just killing. With I know, the man. The segue, segue game is fire. <laughs> um, so today, what we want to talk about is is the Lord's Supper, um, something that we partake of every week. Um, maybe it's something that you've heard about. Maybe you've partaken of it. Um, maybe you just think it's some weird thing you don't really understand. Mm. Maybe we can clear a lot of that up today. Um, but really, you know, growing up, I remember, you know, some of my oldest memories of, of going to church when I was like a little kid is, is watching my parents, like when the trays got passed around, they'd break off a piece of bread and eat it and then take a little thing of grape juice and drink it. Mm-hmm. And I'd always be like, man, that looks really good. Like, <laughs> I want to do that. Uh, like, why can't I have it? Um, and, you know, just this, this moment where the congregation got, you know, dead silent. Um, everyone got focused. I looked like anyways. And, you know, I was just, I wonder, I didn't ever really understood like what it was or like why until I got older. And it was like finally explained to me, you know, what they were doing. Uh, and then obviously when I became a Christian, I began to partake in it myself. But honestly, you know, when I first became a Christian, when I was first baptized, you know, I don't think that I still had the full understanding of exactly what the Lord's Supper was. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was baptized, it was, I knew who Jesus was. I knew what he did for me. And I knew that I was in sin. And I was scared that if I died at that moment, that I would not be in heaven because I knew what I needed to do and I hadn't done it yet. Mm. But every little detail, including all the the facets of the Lord's Supper, you know, I don't think I really fully grasped. And so it's something that I've really tried to study a lot on, um, try to get a better understanding of and to better help myself you know, as we're partaking of it to, you know, meditate and to think about the things that I should be thinking about and keeping my mind focused. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What what was your experience with the Lord's Supper oh, man. growing up? Uh, <clears throat> it's very, it's a very interesting part of our service because as you For mentioned, sure. people just go dead silent. And, you know, yep. if a kid starts crying in that, it's always <laughs> like kind of awkward. Um, you can't go to the bathroom during you, it. You can't go. To Remember the that bathroom. when I was a kid, I had to go to the bathroom one time. My parents were like, "No, wow. it's the Lord's Supper. Yeah. We'll sit here until after it's over." <laughs> it's very interesting. Oh, um, I don't know, like reverence that I think a lot of people have for it, and I think, and I think that's good. Obviously, um, back home they did this thing I really liked, where the same person would for a whole month would be leading the and the Lord's Supper talk. Oh, that's so cool. he got to go through like maybe make some different points out of the same text or all that type of stuff. So we kind of, you could kind of follow his thought through the whole month. And that was a good, a good way to help me focus on it a lot. Um, also have a lot of funny stories with people spilling Lord's Supper, <laughs> dropping the, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, also one time where they went to open up the bread tray, like during oh, the yeah. service and there was no bread there. Whew. That, that's intense. But oh, yeah. no. <laughs> The Lord's Supper is something very serious. You take yeah, it very it serious. The way that I remember it, though, are usually when people messed it up. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. One time I was getting one of the cups out of the grape juice, and apparently I gripped it too hard, and I shattered the cup in my hand. <laughs> and it just splashed me with grape juice. And I was in a white button-down, so that was fun. 
I was with my grandmother, and so she went into like full like grandmother mode, and like started like freaking out, like oh, trying to take care of me, like during the Lord's Supper. Mm. And I'm like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Like I'll, I'll be fine. Like some grape juice. Like got a different cup. It's humiliating. But yeah. Um, now every time I go back to that congregation, every single person in there, every time I walk in, reminds me of that time. They'll be like, hey, don't forget the Lord's Supper trays come around. Like yeah, be careful. They they do break, and I'm just like, thank you. They should listen to our podcast on yeah. forgiveness. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, so obviously this is something that's important because it's something that we do every week. Um, but necessarily understanding why uh, we take it or, or what does that mean? You know, maybe that's something that you haven't really actually thought much about, uh, and maybe that's something that we can help you with a little bit as we go through the podcast today. Uh, so to kind of start off, you know, the first question we want to, you know, look at is, is, is why, you know, why do we take this, this weird, like meal, not meal thing that we do every Sunday, uh, every first day of the week? Um, why do we do that? What, why, what does it actually mean for us? Uh, and I think the, the first place that you can look to kind of find meaning in this is actually the Passover, hmm. uh, in the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 12, uh, when the Passover is established. So under the old law, uh, the Jews partook in uh, what's called the Passover every year. Uh, and they did this to remember how God delivered them from bondage in Egypt. Uh, and this was done by the sacrifice an unblemished lamb. Uh, when they were in Egypt, they were sacrificed unblemished lamb. They were to cover the doorposts of their house with the blood. And then when the angel of the Lord came through to kill the firstborn son of every family, he would see that blood on the door uh, and then would pass over. Mm their house. Uh, and so then they would be delivered from that. Uh, and there was, you know, a lot more details in that, but that's kind of the overall gist of it. And so every year after that, uh, they had the Passover feast that they would do, which is where for an entire week, um, they would celebrate this. Um, they would remember how, what God had done for them. Uh, part of that was they would eat unleavened bread for the entire week. Um, and in Exodus chapter 12, God went as far as to say to like throw leaven out of your house altogether. Mm. Um, so like for an entire week, like just unleavened bread. Um, and yeah, so they'd eat the, they'd, they'd be able to partake in this, the feast of unleavened bread, which is a part of the Passover, um, that they would have every year. And this is probably one of the, the Jewish holidays that we see them, not holidays, but feasts that God establishes for them, that they consistently actually kept with the exception of when some of the kings were bad they have to reestablish mm-hmm. uh some of those but for the most part throughout jewish history you know some of them like the feast of the booths you know that kind of things you never really see the jewish people like actually remembering to do that every year but the passover has been one of those that i feel like was was always there and is actually you know still there today yeah, yeah. um so obviously it's extremely important for them um so then we, we bring that into today, right? And we bring that into to, to modern times with, with Jesus and then beyond. And so um, when Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper, uh, it's in Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, uh, and in John 13, kind of. John is a little different than the other three Gospels where he doesn't actually like specifically show like the moment where Jesus passed around the bread and then passed around the cup and talked about it. Um, but he does talk about when they sat down together and they were at the Passover feast. He focuses a bit more on what Jesus like taught about that evening, which I really like. It gives you more inf- information as to what Jesus said while they were sitting around together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still there. Um, so it's it's something that's across all four of the Gospels. Um, and what Jesus was doing here is he's saying... At the, at the time when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper, I guess you should say this, they were partaking of the Passover. Um, so they had gathered around together to remember this. And what Jesus does is he says, as we're partaking of this Passover, right here, I'm, I'm going to establish what is basically the new Passover, right? Mm-hmm. God freed the Jews from bondage in Egypt. I'm going to free the world from bondage of sin. Mm-hmm. Um so Jesus, right, he's going to take on that. He is the unblemished lamb that's going to be sacrificed, whose blood will then be able to cover us, that we may be able to find favor in the eyes of the Lord and be able to be a part of God's family and be with him someday. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the Jews did with their lamb and the angel passed over them and he, they were delivered from that. Jesus was going to become that Passover lamb for us. And so he's saying, you know, we did this every year to remember this. 
here's what you're going to do now to remember my sacrifice and what I'm going to do. I kind of look at it as he's, he's establishing a new Passover. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, the only stipulation that's different is instead of it being once a year, this is something that we do every single week Mm -hmm. and hopefully something that we remember every single day. Um, although we specifically take of the meal uh, or of the, of the feast, I guess, whatever you want to call it, I guess this, this new Passover, right? This Lord's supper is what we like to call it today. We partake of it every single Sunday, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. That's what I appreciate about you bringing up him being the lamb and comparing it to the Passover lamb Mm -hmm. because like. That's one of the important reasons that we read the Old Testament. So we see these patterns that God has been making all throughout time. And then it gets fully established and found, finds its ultimate foundation and, um, I guess, meaning in Christ. So particularly the Passover lamb, but you'll see this with plenty of other things as well. Uh, and that's just, it's important for us. It's a reminder of where we once were in bondage and what Israel would call Egypt, but you know we were in slavery to sin, mm-hmm. and we have now been set free to serve a new master and a much more compassionate, loving, merciful master. Right. So it is a it is a constant reminder that we have been passed over. We've we've had mercy shown yeah, towards us so. for sure. Um, and uh, the part where I'm when I mentioned just being the Passover lamb, I find that in First Corinthians chapter five. If you want to, yeah. if you do want to go and read that, that's you know where I get that idea from that that Jesus is now our, our Passover lamb essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say like it's it's a meal, right? It's different. The way that we partake of it's not it's, it's not a meal. Again, if you want to read First Corinthians, um, but. You know, it's not the way that they would have done it back then. We're like there for seven days. They ate this actual like feast, right? We're not here to feast. This isn't something that we're doing, mm-hmm. right? We do uh, the specific things that Jesus told his disciples mm-hmm. to do when he established it. Um, so yeah, I just want to clear that up. I'm not talking about we don't like <laughs> sit around and eat like a big meal together or anything like that. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on, you know, the the kind of the, the why, I guess, the history of the Lord's Supper? Uh, nothing nothing else on the history. Yeah. Um, so when we come back, we're, the question we're going to answer next is, you know, why we take it the way that we do and why we take it as often as we do. so far an excellent job walking us through the beginnings and origins of the Passover and how that leads us into the Lord's Supper. And now we're going to talk a little bit about why we take it as often as we do and the importance of that. So yeah, go for, for sure. It. Yeah. So my, my entire life um, that I can remember, the Lord's Supper has been something that's like, it's a hard, like this does not get, like you do not compromise this. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be there to partake of the Lord's Supper like every Sunday. It's extremely important. That was drilled into me from a very young age as to how important this actually was. Though I didn't fully understand exactly what it meant, I knew that it was important and it was something that you did. Like you did not miss the opportunity to partake of the Lord's Supper. Like you you tried to be there. Like if, if at all possible, you needed to go to do this because this was a command that was given to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was trained that it's the most important part of our worship uh, service. Like that's the most important reason why, you know, we come together is to partake of this. Um and it was to be taken every week. And that's just what I was told, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's the way that I was raised to believe. Uh, and so that obviously stuck with me because that's still uh, in my memory today. Um, but is this actually true? You know, is this something that we're supposed to be taking every week? Is it actually, you know, that important? You know, can I just remember the sacrifice of Jesus without actually taking the Lord's Supper you know, can I get away with just once a month, once a year, you know, every other week, you know, um, you know, am I in the wrong for skipping a week every now and then, you know, I think these questions, you know, hit a lot of us in different ways, whether we've asked them or we've heard different people ask them, or we know of people that believe these things. I know that's a lot of questions, but you know, it's each one of those questions is something that I've either ask myself or I've heard somebody ask or I've seen somebody that believes that. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one that I've probably heard is that it's like, you don't actually have to take it every week. You know, it's, 
every other week, once a month, every year, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think this is something that hit a lot of us, especially last year too, when we were home in quarantine. Uh, this raised a lot of questions, I feel like, for a lot of people around the Lord's Supper specifically. You know, was I actually supposed to be partaking of it when I was home? If I was by myself, was I supposed to be partaking of it? Are we really taking of it together over like Zoom? You know, should we have come together just to partake of the Lord's Supper? Um, and I, I I, don't have an answer really for that. <laughs> it was a very confusing time. and I'm just glad that we're past it. Hopefully we don't go back there again. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that there are, were a lot of questions that were raised about that. Um, and so, you know, I don't know, Alexander, do you believe that the Lord's Supper is a hard command from Jesus? Uh, do you believe that it's just like a suggestion, you know, and, and why, why do you believe that? Uh, so I believe it is a hard command from Jesus. Uh, we are, if you go back to the passages that we read through, like this is, I even, I know a lot of places where it's etched into their little Lord's Supper table. Do this in remembrance of me. <laughs> so it is this call every time we go to the table to remind ourselves of Jesus' sacrifice. What is the importance of him going to the cross? What is the importance of him dying? How much did our sin cost? All that type of stuff. What is the worth of our soul? It has so much importance and relevance to when we actually remember this. So I think that, that first of all, is a hard command from Jesus um, we have kind of a pattern in Acts where we see how the when the supper was taken and also mm-hmm. just from traditional history, we know that this is when they met on Sundays to take this feast and mm-hmm. this supper. Um, <clears throat> we're also reminded, uh, particularly the, the back half of 1 Corinthians 11, about taking the Lord's Supper isn't about like having this meal or any of this other stuff, type of stuff. It's this reminder of coming to the Lord and um, reminding ourselves of, of that. So... Some of the, like, particularly with people who maybe lean towards Catholicism, uh, they have Christ's Mass, Christmas. And that is, like, the one time a year if they, they take it either sun, that Christmas or they take it on or they take it on Easter or just two times a year. Um, the danger with that is that humanity are really um, dumb. <laughs> like, we just, we forget stuff. And that's why I think that the Sabbath happens so often is so that they could be reminded that you're supposed to trust in the Lord every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they had Passover every year, but not just Passover. They had seven feasts throughout the year yep. and all of them were a call to remind them about something different. A call to remind them about their bondage, a call to remind them of their wandering in the wilderness, the day of atonement, the reminder that yep. they were broken and that they needed God's forgiveness. So I really think it's an important command because it reminds us <laughs> Not just on that day, Lord willing, not just on that day, but as we go through the rest of the week, yeah. I have been sacrificed for, the sin has been paid for, I need to be telling people about this, and I need yeah. to be living according to it. Yeah. So. yeah, can I remember the Lord's death without the Lord's ever? Absolutely you can. <laughs> and that's something that you should be doing, for yes. sure. Um, but like you said, um, you know, when the, the passage that you referenced, I think in Acts specifically, in Acts 20 verse 7, uh, is when it talks about, you know, they gathered on the first of the week. Mm-hmm to break bread or uh and when they talk about breaking bread that's what we think you know they're 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 there they're talking about partaking the lord's supper mm-hmm. the same with acts chapter 2 and verse 42 it mentions breaking bread together like two different times there and i think one of them is when they're just in their home having fellowship with one another but i think the other one at the the first one in verse 42 is specifically talking about them partaking of the lord's supper mm-hmm. we see them right as soon as right the apostles kind of start the church actually going after Jesus ascends. It's like one of the first things that they do is they, they, they're, they're breaking bread. They're partaking of this Lord's supper. The thing that Jesus had just instituted for them just a few weeks before, not even that, just like a week before. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, they see them immediately start partaking of this and establishing it within the church that they're going to do this. Um, it's interesting because you wonder, you know, the, the disciples probably, had no idea what it meant and when he first was <laughs> establishing it. Like, what is he doing? Like, okay, and breaking this bread. Like, oh, it's body. That's weird. Or blood. That's weird. Okay, whatever. And then Jesus dies and is raised yeah. again. They're like, oh, and I mean, I get yeah. it. <laughs> As these Jewish Jewish people, they had been taking it yep. in a certain way for their entire lives. This was a revolutionary take mm-hmm. on. But I think you know, you start hearing those yep. echoes. You start seeing the patterns of what Jesus did. 
how that replaces a lamb, all that yeah. good stuff. So yeah, yeah. Um, I would really encourage you that if you aren't going to a congregation that is taking Lord's Supper every week, I'd really encourage you to go to one that does yeah. because this is a really important aspect of our worship. Um, and why do we take it together? I think it em- emphasizes the need for community and the reminder of this is a community of people who have been sacrificed for so that when I'm taking this cup, I know that not only was the sacrifice for me, it was a sacrifice for everybody else in this room. Yep. Uh, and then we can come together and remember the Lord in this way. So I think that's really important. Yeah. And it kind of really also show, and you mentioned this, you know, first Corinthians chapter 11 is probably one of the best passages where we can look at this, the sheer importance of it and what it can mean if we don't take it properly. Mm. Uh, and so I'm actually going to read in first Corinthians chapter uh, 11, Beginning in verse 17 to the end of the chapter, uh, Paul says, But in the following instructions, I do not commend you, because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hate that there are divisions among you. And I believe in part, for there must be factions among you in order, that those who are genuine among you may be recognized, that when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For in eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One, If one goes hungry, another gets drunk. What, do you not have houses to drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I commend you in this? No, I will not. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the same way he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, uh, so that we may not be condemned uh, along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, so that when you come together, it will not be for judgment about the other things. I will give directions when I come. Hmm. So he breaks down a lot of different things in this passage. And so you can kind of infer from it that there was obviously an issue, several issues happening in the church in Corinth. But one of them specifically was around the Lord's Supper uh, when they were coming together and they're partaking of it. They obviously were not partaking of it in the right way. Um, it had become more like a common meal for them where they were eating and drinking together. They weren't really waiting on everybody. They didn't really see the importance of it. They weren't exactly um, believing or they weren't exactly discerning what they were supposed to mean, like mm-hmm. what the actual meaning of it was. They were more or less just it seems like they were just kind of eating like a common meal together. Um, um, and like when you consider Corinth, as a city, you have it. It's a port town, so you have some people there that would be rich, super mm-hmm. wealthy. But that also means that a lot of the first century Christians were slaves. So you have really rich people and you have slaves. And we see that there's kind of this discrimination, this division between the two of them where they don't care about the slaves. And that's that's kind of what we learn through history that most of the services happen like at night so that the slaves would be able to come to service. But... They weren't waiting on them and all that type of stuff. So Paul takes this very seriously as and it reminds us of how seriously we should be taking it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that really comes alive in verse 27 when he says, whoever eats of the bread or drinks of the cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of mm. the Lord. So not only are you messing it up, but now you're guilty of you know, killing Jesus basically mm-hmm. is what he's saying there. And so it really shows the importance of why you need to partake of it in the way that, that you're supposed to, uh, which is, you know, discerning the body of Jesus, right? The bread, which represents Jesus's body, the blood or the, the cup, which represents Jesus's blood, which is shed for us. 
the sacrifice that was given for us, what it actually means for us. Uh, and specifically, I like that he talks about the covenant that Jesus talks about that he made in his blood, right? This this promise that Jesus has made with us, this pact that he has made with us. Same as what God had made with the people of Israel, where he's their God and they're his people. Now mm-hmm. Jesus is ours and he has freed all of us, like we talked about from the bondage of sin, and has made this covenant with us to be his children and it was through that sacrifice that we're able to do that. And that's something that we can talk a lot about and for a long time about <laughs> because it is just so important um, because that, I mean, that's why we're here, right? That If it's not for the death of Jesus and for his resurrection, then there's there's no point of any of this even happening, mm. right? The Bible is meaningless at that point if we don't have, if we don't have that, just like Paul also talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, right, that's why this is just such an important thing for us to do, you know? First of all, when they gather together, they gather together to do this. So that's why we take it as often as we do. And then the reason why we take it the way that we take it is because it's the way that Jesus established it, right? We, we really do try to follow exactly the same way that Jesus did uh, when he instituted it. And then what we see Paul talk about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, right? We try to follow along those lines. Uh, and, and really... What's more important than the physical side of actually taking it is the mental side of what you're actually thinking about mm. and, and how you're discerning those things as you're partaking of it, which is, you know, just as important as, as partaking it in and of itself. Because if you're not, folks, if you're not taking it correctly, then you're going to be guilty of the body and blood of Jesus. And mm. that's something that I don't want to be guilty of <laughs> when I stand before God someday. And I don't think any of us would probably want to be guilty of so how do you answer that question? You know, why did you kill my son? I don't know. Like, I, I, there's okay. I don't know how to answer that. Like, there's nothing you can say. No. Like, um, but yeah. Um, so that's kind of you know why we take it the way that we do, and as often as we do. Um, and I think when we when we come back in the next session that we're going to talk about is how do we keep this though? So it's something that we do to becoming just this kind of meaningless ritual and in that we're going to dive a little bit deeper into like actually what you should be thinking about as we partake of it uh did you have any other comments uh, on the why we take it or as often as we do well it's just a reminder uh, and i appreciate the weekly reminder mm-hmm. because you know i when i say that humans are idiots it's because i'm an idiot and like that's the way that i i i mess up all throughout this week and it helps me to remind myself about if Christ is sacrificed for me, am I only living for him for three hours on Sunday or am I living for him each and every day of the week, which is what I should be doing. So it's this reminder and it centers me every single week, the beginning of it. What am I called to do for the rest of the week? Yeah. So it's, I've come to appreciate it a lot. And I think that that should help for us sure. as well. And if, and if you're someone who thinks that, you know, maybe it's not a weekly thing, I would love to hear, I would love for you guys to reach out and let us know and maybe give us your side of it and kind of share with us your thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, yeah, I'm, I'm always uh, willing to, to learn, you know, different people think about this or how you may interpret these passages differently. Um, but what we're trying to do is just to take God's word for what it is and do what Jesus did uh, and do what Paul did uh, to try to, you know, get to heaven <laughs> um, so that we won't be guilty of it. But yeah. So when we come back, we're going to talk a bit about how we, like I said, how we keep this from becoming just this kind of meaningless ritual that we do every week. As we move into our last section, uh, what we want to talk about is, you know, has the Lord's Supper become a meaningless ritual? Um, And if not, how do we keep it from becoming that? Because I think if we're not careful, 
it can very easily become that way for us because um, we saw it kind of become more like that for the people in Corinth. So obviously if it could happen to them, it could happen to us mm-hmm. where we're not really partaking of it in the way that we're supposed to. And we forget the entire idea of it altogether. Um, when before in the, the time before we started filming this and kind of the off camera, Alzheimer <laughs> and I were talking about one of my favorite stories around the Lord's Supper is when the disciples are trying to figure out who's going to betray Jesus. And they just straight up ask Jesus, like, Lord, who's going to betray you? And it's like, ah, it's he to whom I give this this morsel of bread. And he dips it. He gives it to Judas. And, like, while he's doing that, he I don't, I don't know how you're more obvious. Like, okay, the person who's going to betray me is the one I'm giving this to. Wink, <laughs> it's Judas. And the apostles' response to that is, but is it me? <laughs> but is it me, though? Is it me? And then Judas leaves, and they're like, oh, he's going to help out the needy. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> they completely missed the point. Like they're so caught up in, you know, being guilty of killing Jesus. They don't want it to be them that they completely miss the entire idea of that. It's, it's Judas. They just go over their heads altogether. Mm. And so is that us? You know, do we just completely miss the point, right? Are we focusing on the wrong things that are causing us to completely miss the entire idea of it altogether to where we end up being guilty of it? Like Paul talks about in first Corinthians 11, or are we actually doing what we're supposed to um, and so, you know, oftentimes I think, uh, it's hard to believe, uh, uh, f- for us as Christians to think why, why people believe Christianity is a cult. But, you know, to me, it's obvious that we're so different from a cult as Christians, <laughs> right? We don't do things like cults do, but when I try to think it from their perspective, right. And I imagine myself like, okay, if I was an atheist, and I walked into a church and I saw these people passing around trays full of grape juice and bread. And I was told that the bread represents the body of some guy who was killed and the juice is somebody's blood and you're drinking that. If I was someone who didn't understand anything about it, I mean, it'd be a little weird. Like it'd probably it'd be a understandably weird. Um, and so, you know, it, you know, if I had a, no understanding or knowledge of the Bible and I saw a, peop- a group of people doing this, um, I would probably be a little weirded out. But the question is, is that is that what the Lord's Supper has actually become? Is it just some like meaningless, like cultish ritual for us? Um, and if not, you know, how do we keep it from becoming that? I mean, do, do you think overall has the Lord's Supper become this kind of meaningless ritual that churches do every week? Uh, For me, I think you have to judge that on an individual basis. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you, do you take it, do you take it seriously personally? Um, Because if it, it can become ritualistic for you specifically, where you're just not listening, all that type of stuff, you're not being consistent with it. Um, I think that overall, the fact that churches keep doing it means that it, it, does mean something and that people are keeping it sincere and i think a lot of people don't do it just based off of tradition i think a lot of people are very sincere about it so overall when it comes to churches doing it i think that it's it's still meaningful but i think that it can very very easily become just you show up to service like okay here i go this is what i gotta do yeah Um, this is what i've always done that type of thing so yeah Mm -hmm. i mean if i'm just being like purely honest right there looking back on it there have been Sundays in my life when they have, we have like that part of church, right? Where, or part of worship service where we do the Lord's supper and I blink and it's over. Mm. And I look back on it and I'm like, wait, did I just partake of the Lord's supper? Like I was not paying attention like at all. Like I just completely missed over it altogether. Whether I was thinking about some other thing, like my mind got sidetracked or I was just completely zoning out altogether. Right? I just completely just skipped over that. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I take that as a, I blame myself for that. Right. There's no one else to blame, but me, you know, it's not something that the church did that made me do that. Um, but it was just, you know, me not being disciplined enough to actually meditate upon what I'm supposed to be thinking about, um, during that time and taking that time to really focus on Jesus. So I'm glad you brought that up, that it's, it's a personal thing, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the group as a whole thing. Um, so, you know, what can we practically do to keep this from becoming just a meaningless ritual? Uh, so Alexander 
uh, let's say it's Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and it's the time that we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper. What do you do? What's your what is your Lord's Supper routine? Right. So, <laughs> congregation that we attend, and every congregation I've been at before the Lord's Supper, we have like a little um, little talk to kind of bring our minds in. I think that's a really good practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll help us. It, so we aren't just jumping in and out of it. So, you know, when someone is up there, I'm making sure I'm paying pretty close attention, especially like I hope that you're using scripture every time you get up there uh, to speak. So when they use scripture, I'm going to make sure I'm going to be turning there. Uh, when the bread gets passed around, which we usually do bread first and then grape juice. So when the bread gets passed around, um, I'd usually take that time to <clears throat> I take the bread and then I kind of pray. And it's kind of my meditation on this mm. past week. And oftentimes asking for forgiveness for mm, the places mm-hmm. that I fail to remember the Lord's sacrifice um, that week. So that's usually what I, where I start is that just praying. And then when we do the grape juice, that's when I read. So either this is a passage that I've kind of predetermined mm, that I'm going mm-hmm. to be reading. Or, uh, you know, since I preach, I'll also be thinking about my upcoming sermon. So I'll be reading the passage based upon that. So whatever it is, it's just this kind of this focus that, you know, either on my prayer and thinking about this past week. And sometimes I pray through both if I don't have enough time or something like that. So it can, it can just, it changes a bit, but overall it's just, I've really tried to meditate. Um, and that, that's what's helped me a lot in my growth. So, yeah. I'm getting like a Romans vibe from that for some reason where it's like, I'm a failure (laughs) <laughs> I'm bad, but I have Jesus yeah. and the Lord's Supper, and then you can be a Christian. I don't that's know. Like, I get that. Total Romans that is my vibe. vibe. That is my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's. I think that's really, really good. Um, you know, when I was when I was a kid, this wasn't exactly something that I think was just like spelled out for me. That was exactly covered. Where somebody said, "This is what I think about during the Lord's Supper. This is exactly what I do during the Lord's Supper." And I remember when I was first baptized, like I was trying to figure out like, what exactly am I supposed to be doing? Mm. Like anytime I would ask, it was always the same answer. Well, you remember the Lord's death. What does that mean? How, like, how do I, do I just sit there and like think in my mind, like Jesus died, Jesus died, Jesus died, Jesus died. Like <laughs> how, like, how am I like, what, like, do I just mentally picture the crucifixion in my mind? Do I read? Do I pray? Like what exactly do I do to kind of keep my mind focused? Um, but looking back on that and my getting upset with no one actually spelling it out for me, I kind of see my immaturity in that because I think there's actually a reason why no one really spelled out exactly for me what I'm supposed to do. And that is because it's, it's going to be different for everybody. Like you gave us your routine and I'll give what I do, but mine's a little different than yours, but that doesn't make any one of them wrong. There's not like a specific thing that God says, this is exactly what you're supposed to do. And when you're partaking of it, I think each and every one of us is going to remember it in different ways. It's not something that can be scripted because hmm. I think that if it was a scripted thing for everybody, then there would be an even greater chance of it becoming just this kind of mindless ritual because you don't have to think as much anymore. You just go into that scripted mode where you're doing the same exact thing every single week and everyone's doing that same thing together. And then it loses its meaning altogether. And we kind of see that throughout the Pharisees. I feel like that was one of their biggest issues that they had, right? Where they did try to like script out every little thing, right? Mm. Where they tried to give a command for every single thing that God said. And Jesus is like, you've missed the point. Like you've missed the idea altogether by trying to be so careful and build these hedges around yourselves. You've missed the idea completely. Yeah. And so I feel like if that's the way that we treated the Lord's Supper, where we had the very specific things that we were supposed to do, then we would be just like the Pharisees and Absolutely. we would miss the idea altogether. And so I, I see my fault in that, you know, when I would question why no one ever really told me what to do. I understand why they didn't. Not that they thought about that when they weren't, <laughs> but like, I'm trying to think the best in people yeah, yeah. Um, and, and understand that, right, you know, we can't all do the same thing because then it would lose meaning. Mm-hmm. Um if you are, if you are, do have a question about what to think about, just feel free to ask somebody. Yeah, for sure. Don't, don't just hold in it. So yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, for sure. Reach out. Um, and I, you know, like I said, I'll, I'll give, I'll give what I do. Um, but just because it's not what you specifically do doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong mm. and what I'm doing is right. It just means that this is how I remember. Um, 
and and so yeah um and maybe that's you know how you are like alexander said maybe you sit there and you just wonder what am i supposed to do what am i supposed to think about you get kind of caught up in the what ifs and you kind of lose sight of what the whole overall idea is and suddenly the lord's supper is over and you've missed it all together um and yeah definitely reach out for sure um so okay so what i do uh is it's kind of changed now it had to change like pre-covid and now like post-covid what i did before is different than what i did now because before i felt like we had more time <laughs> more mm-hmm. time to suffer yeah. so i guess the one advantage of passing so we don't pass trays around anymore like we used to used to we literally had the bread in a tray and then we had like the grape juice and other trays and we pass those around and that would take like a pretty good bit of time mm-hmm. to do because it had to go row by row, you know, handing out the trays. They passed down, up and down. And because of COVID and things like that, not wanting to have a lot of contact with a lot of other people, which is probably smart. We've gone to like the individual like servings of it now. So everybody already has it with them. And so it like significantly shortened the amount of time that it took. So pre-COVID, when, when they passed it around. Um, for me and myself, my attention span is not fantastic. So for me to try to sit there, especially in my younger years, the entire time, and then just try to meditate, my mind is, is going to be tempted to wander at some point during that. And it likely will. And so what I did then was kind of like you did, I would do like a mixture of, I would read, um, a passage, um, whether that was just an account of Jesus's death, just because I wanted to be thinking about that, or it was a passage, um, like in Romans, um, just something, whether it was the institution of the Passover, you know, something that would, would keep my mind focused on the sacrifice of Jesus and what it went for me. Then when I would get either the bread or, or the juice, I would, you know, partake of it. I would pray and I would meditate after that, um, for a little bit. And I would really think about it. And then I would go back to reading again if I needed to, if I'm my sorry tomorrow, I would read again. And then I would do the same thing for the next one. But now I don't really have that much time anymore. Um, now it's we have the talk and then we like instantaneously partake of the bread and then we partake of the juice. Um, and so what I do now is I pretty much just pray the entire time and then do some meditation. It's very similar to yours where oftentimes I find myself now when I am thinking about and praying about Jesus' sacrifice for me, I can't help but think about how I am such a failure of a person um, when I think about what he did for me and the lengths that he was willing to go to to save me, I can't help but think about all those times that I have rejected that sacrifice. And like you said, forgotten about that sacrifice and gone back into sin where I was before I ever had Jesus. Yeah. And it's, it's heartbreaking for me to think about it in that way. Cause you're thinking about the sacrifice that Jesus did. And I'm just, I'm just such a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in some ways that can be healthy. Um, and I, I would discourage it from like happening too often, but like, yeah. For me, I've like a lot of my, I guess a lot of my sermons have been really focused on this hope that we really find. Mm. And I've, but I also try to strike this balance of hope because you were hopeless and you were broken, you're messed up. And that, so you shouldn't always come out of church feeling like, oh yeah, everything is perfect. It should at times like really hurt you because you're reminded of the what you've done and i think the lord's supper is a perfect place for that so you're reminded of this is what it cost um but it doesn't just mean that for the rest of the week you're a complete debbie downer and you hate everything (laughs) you treat everything it's supposed to be like this i was broken and christ has healed me he's made me his own that type of thing that's what makes me walk the way i do so i think there's a healthy balance between understanding your falls flaws and your brokenness but also you've been forgiven and you walk accordingly yeah uh another side question that i had kind of you know about the lord's supper is Mm -hmm. you know a lot of times we we focus very heavily on the death of jesus not so much on the resurrection side of it Mm -hmm. do you think that there is a danger in only focusing really on the death and forgetting about the resurrection do you think we should do you think we should just focus on the death or do you think we should focus on the whole thing altogether? Because in my mind, they're, they're, they, you can't have one without the other. Because if Jesus has died, like Paul said, that's it. Then mm-hmm. this is all meaningless. So yeah, I think, he had to raise. Yeah, but I think you're 100% right. Like the, While the memorial Jesus says specific for his, his body and his blood, if you forget, like, it, everyone dies. Like, yeah. So Jesus' death while it was significant for a lot of the like supernatural things that happen around it and being the only innocent person to really die. If you 
take out the resurrection, then the meal, as you've mentioned already, and Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 15, the meal means nothing. Our faith means nothing. Your hope means nothing. Your faith means nothing. Like all yeah. of that just disappears. So I think that the importance on the death is important, like when you're talking through it. But if you don't emphasize the resurrection as well, uh, you're missing a pretty significant portion yeah. of the picture. Yeah, for sure. I think that's exactly right. So yeah, that's that's what we think about. That's kind of what we do uh, as we're partaking. And again, just because it's not what you do does not mean that what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> we're all going to remember that in different ways. Yeah. And whether that's um, just sheer meditation or reading or praying, I think that any any combination of any of those I think would be a good thing. Um, the other question that I have for you too is do you think we put in the church as a whole, do you think we put too little focus on the Lord's Supper? Do you think that we should focus more of it? Because to me, it's like, right, the Lord's Supper is that like 10 minute little segment that we have as a part of worship service where mm-hmm. it just, it's kind of there and it happens. But I visited when I was in San Francisco and we worshiped with um, Josh and Kirby Lewis and Josh and Katie Carter when they were there working. Um, one of the things that they did a part of their service was it was like 50 50 split where they had like a shorter sermon than normal, but they had a really, really long time where they partook of the Lord's Supper. And mm-hmm. they really, they had like almost like a, a mini sermon and a lesson on it where they really focused heavily on that as a part of their worship. And I really like that. I don't know. Do you think that it's become just this little too short, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I think like, I, I think that's a really cool idea that they do out in San Francisco. Um, and, you already shared your story where you like blinked one time and it was over. And I think that kind of has be what the Lord's Supper has become. Get your five minute talk out of the way, mm-hmm. get the cup. And especially as you're saying with you gotta have the, the song, man, the song first, Oh, the song first, right? Then the, the five minute night talk. with Evan Pinion. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> then the five minute talk. And then like you said, with COVID, you know, you say the amen after the prayer, after you pray over the thing and you get the little crinkles after, <laughs> uh, but, and then you get like a minute and a half. And, you know, even when I, when I did it, like I was trying to wait, like yeah, as long as the time, it's awkward. And it was you, still I, like I, the entire time I'm saying that I'm like feeling the weight of people. Like, are you going back up there anytime soon, <laughs> yeah. sir? I'm trying to get to lunch. I'm trying to get to <laughs> like golden corral. Like, yeah. just, I can feel that on my shoulders. I'm like, I need to go back up there. Yeah. And it's like, I want to take longer, but I can't for sure. Yeah. So, and I think that's, that's a part of the problem yeah. is the fact that we think that, okay, snip, snap. We want to get this thing yeah. to, over with. We know it's important. We know we should do it. Um, one of the things that I think Northwood did back here, and we did it at Embry Hills as well, but like every, when we had a fifth Sunday, oh, we yeah. took that entire the Lord's Supper Lord, service. worship hour yeah. Yeah, to do a Lord's Supper service. So I, I think that, that yeah, we, that is an excellent thing where we take it and it's like at least, ooh, I don't remember how many fifth, fifth Sundays there are in a, in a year, but we take this extended period out and we think about the importance of the sacrifice and we're reminded that it's not just a, as you've talked about, a mindless ritual. This is an impactful thing that has changed our relationship with God, our relationship with one another and how we walk for the rest of time. So I think we have to take it very seriously. Uh, and I think that there's plenty of ways that we can mix it up, maybe ver- yeah. make it a variety so that we put emphasis where it belongs. Yeah. Do you feel like if you had to rank the reasons why we gather together every week, obviously, right. We got to get, we want to study from God's word. We want to better ourselves to come more like Jesus. We want to have fellowship with one another. Then we want to partake of the Lord's Supper, right? Which of those would you say is the most important? Or can you say that any one of those is the most important? I'd be hesitant to it's say. A tough question. Yeah, I'd be hesitant <laughs> to say any one is more important than the other. Yeah. But of course, when it comes to why, why in the world are we even a family? Why are we community? It's going to be the Lord's Supper. So I'm going to put that one at one. Um, I think... Number two, if I to, if we were going to rank this, <laughs> you don't have to. We're so breaking. Well, I'm going to now. You can't. <laughs> I think public reading of scripture is the yeah. second most important thing, and that's kind of something that you know gets overlooked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then singing, I think, is three, and then the sermon is like the last. So. Even for me as a preacher, I understand that my part in this is the so most important. small. I'm the least important aspect of this. Um, the rest of it, the really driving force for why we're there is remembering what the Lord has done in all of us. Yeah. So, And we need to read scripture more out loud yeah. together. So. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I think that that is 
you know, like I was taught growing up, right? It is extremely important. Um, I think that's something that we should continue. Like it is, is so important um, because it, like, I agree with you. And I, I think it is, I think it is a command from Jesus. Like he tells us to do this, to remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I agree hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. Some additional things, just in case, you know, you're struggling with keeping your mind or I don't know, getting a little mindless. Um, I would encourage you that as you go through your week, and you're struggling with a temptation or something that you remember back to your supper Mm -hmm. because uh again for us right now it's we we, it's something we should be working on but for 10 minutes on a sunday you know we're thinking about jesus uh every time you're going through a temptation or you're struggling with something consider what jesus has gone through you so for instance using our podcast from last week talking about forgiveness and you have to go and you have to forgive someone who's done something really really awful to you and you're like i just really don't want to do this they they don't deserve forgiveness all this type of stuff if you remember back to the supper you can be reminded i didn't deserve forgiveness either and jesus showed it to me so as you go through your week it's this constant reflection it's not just a one day thing it's like so what jesus did for me influences how my life goes from this point on and I think that will have a tremendous impact on when you come on Sunday, a reminder of, um, did I think about what I'm taking about? Mm. Because I think, you know, you you worry about taking an unworthy manner on Sunday. Are you living in a manner unworthy of it for the rest of oh, the week? Oh, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. So just, I think taking that into consideration will be really helpful for you as well. For sure. Um, yeah. And maybe like if you, if you're congregation isn't doing something specifically maybe you could just ask the elders and be like hey um i would like some more emphasis put on lord's supper or something like that we could have an opportunity to think about it more yeah for sure else and if you have the opportunity to lead the lord's supper talk i would encourage you not to use the most well-known passages about it like that is one of my pet peeves um because the whole (laughs) the whole message of the bible points towards jesus and his death and his resurrection so we should be using a lot more than just a couple of nt passages that we have yeah um and so i think the the way i use it is just you know be a little bit more creative Mm -hmm. um and i think that when you have that responsibility to lead people in thoughts about jesus and his death you have to take that very seriously just as seriously as a sermon or an invitation or whatever else. So For sure. just, just some encouragements there about making this more important, less ritualistic. I think those things would be helpful. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really good. Um, anything else overall no. on what's up? No. This is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Hope, Hope this helps you guys for yeah. sure. And again, if you, if you have any other ideas on that, or maybe you interpret something differently or you do something differently, reach out, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to hear what your thoughts on that are for sure. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Pilgrim song. We are so thankful for you guys listening and we are thankful to Jesus for his sacrifice, bringing us together. And hopefully this encouraged you and strengthened you. Uh, yesterday was Sunday. So the tape, you know, this week, hopefully you'll think about the Lord's supper, but next week, you know, let us know if you were able to think about some things, meditate mm-hmm. on some mm-hmm. things, uh, help change your mindset up a little bit. So we'd be encouraged to hear that. And we hope this encouraged you. Thank you guys again for listening. We hope you have a blessed week and we will see you 